to Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. I am your host, songwriter Matt Targa. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way. As an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones, or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest today comes to us from Berkeley, California, by way of Hershey, Pennsylvania. He is one Zachary Stauffer, and he and I go way, way back in the time machine as we met in our formative years in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Zach is a journalist as well as a documentary filmmaker. We asked Zach what he's currently working on creatively or what is inspiring him at the moment, and at this moment in time, he is figuring out his next investigative documentary project. His last project was a feature documentary about a Navy helicopter crash called Who Killed Lieutenant Van Dorn? If you are unfamiliar with this film, I've included a link for more details in the show notes. In terms of Zach's favorite sports and activities, Zach loves ice hockey, loves running, playing mandolin, and on the rare occasion that he gets a chance to do it uninterrupted, that would be reading. In terms of Zach's favorite TV shows to watch or stream, he gets a real kick out of Dairy Girls. Uh, He also loved 30 Rock, as well as Mad Men. He does what he does because he watched Eyes on the Prize once upon a time. Does Zach have any pet peeves? Well, when people wrap the cables to a set of nice headphones around the ear cups, instead of just stuffing the cable into the storage sack. Also, just general stuff that's left on the floor. For our conversation today, we'll be discussing a collaboration between Jerry Garcia and David Grisman. The record is called Been All Around This World. Been All Around This World was recorded at Dog Studios. David Grisman produced... Craig Miller was the executive producer. David Dennison assisted with recording and mixing. So did Larry Cummings in terms of being on the mixing board. And Paul Stubblebine was responsible for mastering this record at Rocket Lab. We asked Zach if there are any interesting guest performers on the album. Uh, Some members of the David Grisman Quintet and some other close friends helped contribute to the magic of this record. Been All Around This World was released in March of 2004 on the record label known as Acoustic Disc. We caught up via telephone with Zach at his home in Berkeley, and without further ado, let's jump in on our conversation. Zach Stalford, it's truly an honor to have you on the program, so thank you so much for taking some time out of your, your world to, to talk about this record. I'm excited. Sure. Yeah, no problem. Happy to, happy to do it. All right, so um, let's talk about uh, this collaboration between Jerry Garcia and David Grisman. Uh, this particular record, uh, as acknowledged before, is called Ben All Around This World. What, um, what made you choose this particular record? I think if, if this album came out in, sometime in 2004, and I remember 
getting it as a Christmas gift uh, at the end of that year. So 15 years ago um, now. And I'd been into, I got into this collaboration, the Garcia Grisman collaboration through just listening to Grateful Dead music first off as a, as a high school guy and somehow became aware of the Garcia Grisman duo. I've been listening to it here and there with, um, with a friend I lived in, lived with in Massachusetts at the time. Um, but 2004 is when I moved out to California and was just in a new place. Um, I got this album and, you know, it's, it's the last release of their collaboration. Garcia had been dead for, I forget what it would have been nine years at that point. Um, but I think what I, I like about it is the, there's emotion in like hanging on every word and every note that uh, that they're playing. And they're doing it with basically two boxes of wood. Obviously there's, there's people backing up and there's percussion and there's other things here and there, but I just love the sort of, we, they sort of stripped down to get it down to its essentials. We're going to get all the electronics of the Grateful Dead out of the way, and we're just going to take us and our musical experiences and all of our musical influences, and we're going to we're going to pour it in um, to these songs that we grew up with, that we played, that we learned um, when we were kids, and in parking lots, and you know things like that. They, so they strip it down to these two acoustic instruments. But then it doesn't it doesn't sound thin. You know, they're sophisticated enough musicians to know what can supplement it and then make the sound full again, all in a really interesting um, acoustic way. Yeah. For just a little bit of background, uh, for anyone who is listening to this podcast, Jerry Garcia and David Grisman met when they were very young guys tooling around, going to different bluegrass shows, and carrying tape recorders with them. These guys have a very long-lasting musical friendship, and this collection of songs really um, really gets back to those proverbial roots, I, I would say. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree, and I, I think there there might be some purists out there that would say that this album, well, it was it was just what was left in the in the vault and they put the, the, the better stuff out 12, 13 years prior to that in the early nineties when they were recording. But, you know, I, I see all these, the whole collaboration I'm just totally into, you know, I, I could have just as easily picked not for kids only their collection of kids songs um, as an album to talk about. Um, but, but for some reason, this was the, this was the one that I gravitated to. And I think it's because, there, I was as I was kind of re-listening to things, um, you know, before this conversation. You know, there's just like there's 12 songs in the album and almost as many genres. You know, there's there's sort of traditional country. There's there's different versions of bluegrass. There's folk. There's R&B. There's punk music. There's there's all kinds of things boiled in there in this in this really interesting soup and all of all of the characters of the different songs you know the the perspective of a an outlaw in um been all around this world or 
just a couple of dudes at a at a bar at the end of uh, at the end of the album on Drink Up or Go Home or the Minor in Dark as a Dungeon. Like each one of these people feels so real and and alive in the way that they're able to present them. Um, that sometimes in in sort of really smooth country recordings and sometimes how things were originally recorded by certain people in Nashville, it would sound too polished and clean. And that was a sort of genre of country music that I never really liked. But these these gritty people where you can sort of, you know, feel you can hear the spurs kicking around in the in the in the you know, if there's a, a Western saloon, you know, you can hear things and smell things and um really experience it is is what I was really uh, always resonated with me with this particular album. Yeah. We're talking to my friend Zach Stauffer here on Cover to Cover with Matt Targa. And uh, Zach, can you tell for our listeners who um, who the vocalist or lead singer is and, you know, a little bit about some of the additional players on this record? Well, well Jerry Garcia is singing... Um, singing everything uh at least as far as my memory serves here singing everything himself whether it be a you know an old jimmy rogers song or Earl travis or or um other traditional things there's a bob dylan song on the album um and Grizz, david david grisman's playing mandolin throughout and i i'm not entirely sure who else is rounding things out i imagine it's other members of the David Grisman quintet at the time. And, you know, Garcia is brought in um, to be sort of the, uh, be a, be a centerpiece of, of the group. Um, as for, as for who all the different players are, um, I wish I knew um, there, there's, there's a lot of people that really flesh out the, um, the sound in it. Yeah, I believe you're right. I think the majority of folks uh, do comprise uh, David Grisman's quintet, whether it's, uh, what's his name? Matt Eckel, I believe, on flute. Joe Craven adds, you know, some fiddle and percussion. I think he sort of is is kind of that auxiliary player in the band. And then I believe and, John Kahn had some responsibilities on bass too with James Kerwin. He might he might have. I know they John Kahn played with um, the Olden and the Way band, which was when these guys were collaborating in more in a more traditional bluegrass space. Um, but just to, as as we sort of mentioned other people in the group earlier this spring in 2004, when when this um, album came out, I um, I had happened to be attending the Merle Fest festival in uh, North Carolina, which is held in in April, and it's sort of one of the one of the kickoffs to the summer um, bluegrass festival season. Um, I happened to film there a year before for my job when we were making a um, making a documentary about the fiddle tune Orange Blossom special, uh, but I went back as a, like a volunteer cameraman um, on on the stage for uh, for 2004, awesome. and and the David Crisman Quintet was playing. They'd also just come out with an album with Sam Bush, um, Garcia and Sam Bush were playing. Uh, I'm sorry, Grisman and, and Sam Bush were playing a um, uh, made a mandolin album together, but. The the uh, Grisman Quintet comes out, and the first thing, the first instrument being played, 
is um, Craven playing a styrofoam cup as a percussion <laughs> instrument and just like tapping it on with his fingers right in front of the microphone, breathing into it and doing a little like beatbox thing. And it was, it blew, <laughs> it blew my <laughs> mind. And then, and then everybody else in the band kind of walks out one at a time until they just fill up the whole space in the way that they do. That sounds like it was an amazing concert. It was cool. Yeah. Where does this album, Been All Around This World, fit into the overall discography of this collaboration? Is this some, do you think this is something, you know, that is vastly different? Um, if they have some other previous work, or do you think that this is kind of a, a continuum of, of of music that you know they had, you know they had built upon? I think it's I think it's a continuation. Um, they're they obviously wanted to blend the the styles that they that they had each explored, whether it be kind of Grateful Dead style and and Grisman's you know dog music as he called it. Yeah. Um, and but getting back home to the things that they learned how to play when they were you know, learning their respective instruments and just immersing themselves in a in a musical space. Um, you know, like I said, this has a ton of different genres in it. The other albums that they did together um, had similar similar things um, to it. You yeah. know, some old finger blues like uh, Mississippi John Hurt or. Um, wail, you know, wailing ballads, um, in addition to more obvious country things or or Irish, um, you know, pub songs like whiskey in a jar, you know, traditional music from all over the world. They were kind of putting out there for people like me to discover, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, and that's what I've in in my own kind of enjoyment of music. You know, I'm a high school guy who's introduced to the Grateful Dead. My parents didn't listen to it, but our peer group did. So yeah. somehow I, I fell into that, never went to a Grateful Dead concert. You know, we're, we were young and I wasn't into it, it soon enough, right? So never went, mm-hmm. but would go to kind of follow on things. And, you know, if you're paying attention, it's like, well, what what are they playing? You know, what else are they adding in? to the mix with their their own stuff, you know, if it were fish, who are they covering, you know? Oh, really, mm-hmm. Ween, there's a band that I'd like to learn more about. Um, yeah. And with these guys, it's like, you know, I wouldn't, I wasn't listening to country music. I wasn't listening to acoustic music. I was into this band called The Grateful Dead to a certain yeah. degree. You know, not as much as others. I'm like, oh, this this is guy Joe Garcia. What he plays the banjo too, or they'd have these spin-off country groups open up for him or play between sets, and and then oh, here's a guy that you know happened to be a session player on a album in the '60s, and then they developed this you know multi-decade collaboration, you know, and ultimately just release a few albums when Garcia wants some quiet time from. Grateful Dead mania. And that's like, you know, so that gives birth to the collaboration, but then you peel it back a little bit further. Well, who's writing these songs that they're playing? Really? Oh, wow. George Jones or, Hey, they can cover Bob Dylan or there's a, um, James Brown for James Brown, James Brown song in this one, or, 
you know, or Jimmy uh, Cliff, Jimmy Cliff, everybody. Um, it's, and, uh, it's just, it's just an exciting way to discover things because then you can go listen to Jimmy Cliff himself do his stuff, uh, rather than just a, a, another interpreted version. Right. You know, one thing that we should mention is this collaboration between David Grisman and Jerry Garcia was um, really critical uh, to the foundation of the Grateful Dead's uh, 1970 album, American Beauty. Um, Mm -hmm. So so much amazing music came out of that record. I mean, one song that comes to mind is uh, Ripple and the contributions that David Grisman made for that. Mm-hmm. I could never I could never uh not hear that song without David Grisman's, you know, that was, that came out, lead instrument. That came out in nineteen seventy. I was I was thinking it was earlier than that, but I'll take your word for it. Maybe they maybe they wrote the music in sixty eight or sixty nine, but yeah. then finally got around to recording okay. with Warner in seventy. Good. But that Good. was that was a, a very serious golden age between American Beauty and Working Man's Dead. I can't Remember off the top of my head, if uh, Grisman was involved with Mer- Working Man's Dead, but my goodness, American Beauty is absolutely Gr- Grisman's imprint all over it. Yeah, and then you go, and then within a couple years later, like they've got, you know, the Olden and the Way band, which just, you know, if you believe Peter Rowan's story about it, just kind of grew out of, hey, let's go visit Jerry Garcia and <laughs> let's yeah. start playing music, and. And they do, and and put out these. I think the, their first album was actually released on Grateful Dead Records, and may have been, at least at the time, was like the best-selling. Drunk, it's on radio, so I will be yeah. quoted on it. But it was one. Of, it was one of the, either the best, highest-selling bluegrass album, or the highest-selling country album of all time. You know, you know, at least for a while, if not still true. Just because here's this massive star, <laughs> Jerry Garcia, playing right. the banjo with these other people that, you know, suddenly are now introduced to a whole new crowd. Sure. I mean, so this group that we're talking about is Jerry Garcia. On, you know, he's playing guitar, but he's likely playing some banjo, at least some studio recordings. We have David Grisman on mandolin. We have Peter Rowan, as, as you mentioned. We have John Kahn on bass. And we have Vassar Clements. Yeah, and Vassar, Vassar was one of those one of the people that I got to meet and um, be a part of interviewing for this documentary I was working on back in 2003. Uh, he died of cancer before the film came out, but it's just like that guy was. When I talk about when I talk about playing with emotion, you know, I think you can you can recite words, uh, you can sing words, and you can read notes off a page, but it's a it's a whole other thing to make each one of those things matter. And there was, we did this interview with the head of the string department at the Berkeley College of Music in Boston, you know, one of the finest music schools in the country. Yeah. And we talked to him about Vassar Clements, right? And he, he had this great line, like, I would listen to Vassar Clements play the telephone book. You know, there's not, there's not a note that he plays that isn't meaningful. And, yeah. And there's there's a bunch of people around that space that you know they can play a lot of notes or or a few notes, but they're exactly mm-hmm. the number of notes that need to be played right there, and they're mm-hmm. expressing what need to be expressed in the song and and making it uh, making it interesting. 
We're talking with my friend Zach Stalfer here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka. And, Zach, this feels like a really good segue into talking about what your favorite tracks are on this particular record. What um, I'll, I'll be guided by you. What what really is jumping out for you? We've we've sort of talked about, you know, there are some Dylan covers here. Act one Dylan cover. There's a James Brown song, Jimmy Rogers, Merle Travis. What would you like to discuss? Oh man, they. I think I can have a different favorite song on this album any day of the week, or depending on what kind of mood I'm in. Um, I've, I've sort of always like been all around this world because I can actually play along with it on the mandolin a little bit. Um, yeah. Not not note for note with Mr. Guzman, but it's one of those just simple traditional songs that I just enjoy. Um, but I, I I think I'll. Take Me is a, it's a George Jones song that I'd never heard before, uh, before this album. And I actually put it on a, a, like a mix CD that we gave out to people who came to our wedding. There was a, a bit of a drive between the church and the reception site. And it was July 4th weekend and we had no idea how long people would be sitting in traffic. And so we gave them, we gave everybody a CD to, uh, listen to on on the drive and back when the cars had cd players right right um and the 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 images that come with that uh with that song it's it's a love song you know somebody's just talking about their feelings towards um towards another and they're it's all encapsulated in these little episodes like imagine being um you know the, the the first the first verses you know basically something lock me in a room you know close close every window and bolt every door and and then just thinking of um the love interest in, in this case you know mm-hmm. it'll I'll, I'll be in darkness no more yeah uh, and the one uh, there's another one take me um, to Siberia in the coldest weather of the winter time uh, and it would be just like spring in California to to know your love would be mine. And it's just like spring in California is just something that people get, right? You know? Yeah. And, you know, it's, there were, there were lots of, not every song on this um, little CD we put together was of this um, <laughs> romantic genre. Like it was all kinds of stuff that we put on there, but I was, it was, it was music of this ilk in terms of sound and 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 just kind of an Americana mix that I, my wife and I put together. Um, but this one I just wanted on there for the one the appropriateness of the day, and two these these um, these little scenes that are um, created. And um, you know, I, I believe George, George Jones was the writer, uh, in addition to one of the early performers of it. But um, like Garcia just makes it matter. You know, it was it was just one of those one of those tunes that I first encountered on this album, and have always liked it. It is a beautiful song. It's it's a very unexpected comparison, for sure, to talk about a Siberian winter to a spring. In California, it's uh, right, and it just, it that, just was, that was incredibly sense. moving. Yeah, you don't need you don't need to have been to either place to have that um, 
penetrate the psyche. Yes. Talking with my friend Zach Stauffer here on Cover to Cover with Matt Tarka. After Take Me, we have a, a traditional tune called Handsome Cabin Boy Waltz. That was a cool track uh, shortly before uh, the Dylan cover ballad of Frankie Lee and Judas Priest. Yeah, it's so, and 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 again, like I've I've got a ton of Bob Dylan sitting around, and you know, many things I've listened to a lot more than others. But um, that's a song that I I don't recall a ton about. It's on the John Wesley Harding album, uh, yeah, and yeah, kind of a quieter kind of, record. Yeah. Yeah, and it just kind of passes by. It it does. Yeah, that's definitely not one that I would go to, like Blood on the Tracks, for example, which is more at the top of the pile. Um, but like, I don't have any memory of that song before this version of it, mm-hmm. and it it just. What I what I like about this particular one is it just get, it gets me just kind of tapping a foot or snapping some fingers as it just kind of motors along. There's a really neat movement to it, even though it's a uh, it's one of those Dylan songs that you know we we all say he's a super profound poet, but also like many things are just borderline gibberish and. <laughs> could mean anything on any given day and this song is is one of those when you really try to break it down like wait what are these two guys up to now like does that have anything to do with what just happened or what is coming next um and i'm not convinced that it is um but the the instrumentation behind this version they make me listen to the whole thing um i can't just put it in the background the way that i have found myself doing with the Dylan version. You know, I could see how this type of song, you know, how Garcia could connect with it. I mean, this is somebody that really tried, you know, from from any book that I've ever read about Jerry, he he did the very best he could, you know, with, with all of his struggles that are well documented that we wouldn't we don't need to discuss. He 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 really valued his privacy and. There's a line in here that, that jumped out at me, and perhaps this, this connected with uh, the singer, you know, this rendition, and, you know, it kind of goes like this. You know, the moral of this story, the moral of the song is simply that one should never be where one does not belong. So, you know, I, I just have gotten the sense that, you know, mm-hmm. somebody is somebody is looking for some privacy. So when you see your neighbor carrying something, help him with his load, and don't go mistaking paradise for that home across the road. So, you know, be aware of the smoke and mirrors that are out there. Do the best you can. Help one another, um, but also respect one another's as well. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree. I think when they're exchanging money at the very beginning of the uh, beginning of the song, um, yeah. there's a sim- similar amount of uh, sort of humbleness and humility that uh, is one of the characters is is um, wrestling with. Sure. After this Dylan cover, uh, Ballad of Frankie Lee and Judas Priest, uh, have a couple of tunes like I'm Troubled and Yodel Number no. 9, which is a Jimmy Rogers tune. And I'm Troubled is, uh, I think, at least I've encountered it with Doc Watson 
you know, who's another one of these people that just can do so much with a simple instrument, you know, like don't, yeah. you know, this is a guy that doesn't need to plug in and add effects. Like he can just make it, make it all happen. Um, and, and that's, this is, this is where I think in the, in this collaboration, this Garcia Guzman collaboration, they're, they're just able to dig deep. You know, these guys have incredible, vaults of musical knowledge and and influences it's like asking you know asking martin scorsese to pick his favorite movie you know like he's you know, like he's, he's not gonna be able to pick one um and and um you know i think these i think these particular two um you know i'm troubled and blue yoga number nine they just just take me into a a really interesting bit of roots music you know where where it sort of begins for so much musical history in this country for sure appalachia which right yeah which was derived i, I think from from a lot of uh traditional scottish music yeah european european settlers you know with obviously um you know with some influences of of black blues and and mm-hmm. other and other things like obviously everybody's musical journey in this country for all the different cultures and people that have come here every everybody's journey is is not the same by any means but there are many different genres um and, and americana and country music being one of them do yeah do have um a certain amount i, I think the um I guess I did learn this when when watching the Ken Burns country music series, like the the idea of the rub, where different things are kind of in close contact with each other, and when you have these old small southern mountain towns and places that people used to interact, um, you'd get you'd get these influences uh, upon each other, and you know Jimmy Rogers is one of those people that certainly encountered that in the you know, Doc Watson wasn't coming along too far after. Next, we have a Merle Travis cover, Nine Pound Hammer. And there's this really just kind of groovy sounding flute from Matt Eckle. It's uh, mm-hmm. very light. It's very just, it, it just floats kind of in the right. background. And that really just takes on the presence of a, a lead instrument. Just a really, mm-hmm. that's a really cool track, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um it's just one of those it just fits in this in this space like the the album is just a journey into into unexpected unexpected places and I think with with the people that Grisman especially was playing with at the time who he formed his core group with yeah they nothing nothing sounds thin and and incomplete in in on this album and in the collaboration in general uh, when it'd be easy to to you oh we're doing an acoustic record so therefore that that could easily be misconstrued as therefore we're not going to think about it very much we're just going to play mm-hmm. um but they're able to still uh, layer on some really cool ideas you know speaking of collaborations uh within the quintet the next track we have is a Michael Pierce uh, uh, co-write with uh, Mel Tillis. Uh, both of those guys, I, I'm not 
personally very familiar with. The song is called I Ain't Never. And um, this is, you know, to my ears was a perfect cross section of bluegrass and blues and a really neat uh, vocal duet from both Jerry and Joe Craven. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like a, uh, you know, rockabilly number, you know, originally. And, and again, it just, it has a home because every track here is different. You know, we'll do a, we'll do a wailing tune. We'll do a funk tune. We'll do, you know, yeah. sort of country romance and folk rock and other things. Um, and a song about a minor, uh, we'll, we'll make it, it, it has a space in this, in this really kind of potpourri album. Right. It's, yeah, it's, the sequence is excellent. We, we we go from, you know, this real hodgepodge of music with I Ain't Never to uh, that Jimmy Cliff cover, Sitting Here in Limbo. Um, this is such again, a gorgeous yeah. track. And, and Jerry owns this song yeah. lyrically. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah, ballad. It, it, and again, it's like th- that was a, that was a song. You know, I think it just you know maybe a, an indication that I need to get out more and listen to other things. But obviously, you got you got to encounter something first before you you know find the person who recorded it. You know, originally, or you know, where's this coming? Who it's a cover song, so who's who's the original artist? And this would be one of those things. Like I didn't, I hadn't heard this song before um before this album and you know went on to explore it and and you know obviously the the original version is totally different than this one just as meaningful um but the garcia just he delivers on this one absolutely he does every every ounce of emotion is is carried through his voice to the listener's ears i mm-hmm. i don't think i would have ever discovered Jimmy Cliff, if it wasn't for this particular rendition. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. After sitting here in limbo, we have an, another just beautiful and dark song called Dark as a Dungeon. And uh, I was kind of familiar with the Willie Nelson version of this, but this is this is beautiful. I, I kind of see why it would, you know, hit home for this group. Yeah, it's it's something that again it's it's like um take me you can you can really feel the scenes you can feel the claustrophobia the claustrophobic nature of coal mining work um you feel like you're you know going down to the mines every day with you know people from the holler and and it just it's not it's not a, a big sound but it's it's one in which I just really feel the minor in this, the storyteller bemoaning going to work the next mm-hmm. day, you know, or that morning. And, you know, here we're going to do it again. You know, I'm going to be in this pit, you know, pulling up these rocks and it's thankless work and I'm not making any money. And, you know, ultimately, <laughs> you know, let me die down here and, you know, somebody else will dig me up eventually as a lump of coal. Um, there's there's a lot of versions of this song out there, but this one is um, is certainly one of my favorites. Um, some of the lyrics here are just incredibly dark. Um, it will form as a habit and seep in your soul. 
till the stream of your blood is as black as the coal. Um, musically, when, when Jerry sings those lyrics, somehow he gives it this waltz-like quality, which is kind of astonishing. That's and, that's true. Yeah, I haven't thought about it that way, but there is a little little lilt in the um, in the song that's it, that that lends itself to that. After Dark is a Dungeon, uh, we close up this record with a really just fun-loving track called Drink Up and Go Home. This is a Freddie Hart tune. Mm-hmm. I think it, I've always liked when when the, the closing track really just lets the air out of the whole experience. Yeah. Um, you know, sort of like at a, at a concert where you know, just before the encore, just before the encore might be a big, just a really big number, whatever. It gets everybody super excited, you know, play one encore track, and then the second one might just kind of deflate the whole experience. Like, okay, we're going to break, let you down easy. You know, the, the roller coaster has come into a complete stop, and, right. you know, you you can exit now. And that's what, you know, what better, what better song to, and end an album like this than um, you know a couple of you know drunks in a bar and one's doing a little too much complaining and the other the other guy lets him have it uh, and it's just get out of here don't tell me your troubles um, I've got enough of my own which is like just also an interesting way to to look at life like it's really easy to complain about a lot of stuff. Um, this day and age, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just one of those things that you gotta you gotta stop stop doing that sometimes and drink up, go home. You know, All the tomorrow's day. another day. Tomorrow's yeah. another day, unless of course you're the guy singing "Dark as a Dungeon." <laughs> then <laughs> then uh, it's pretty much the same. Right. So, Zach, I'd like to close up here if we can with a question about cover art and uh, it sort of goes like this Uh, we live in a universe now where information and music can uh, easily be quickly accessed in the palm of our hand and with a click of a few buttons Um, even in the 21st century artwork remains a cornerstone with each newly released single or full-length album Um, what is conjured up in your mind when you look at this album cover? I, I, what I like about it is I just see friendship. You know, that's the, the cover is, I think this is a Garcia painting like something he drew himself. I could be wrong on that, but it's, you basically have, you know, two men walking down the street carrying um, musical instruments. And that's just, you know, they look, they're heading in the same direction. It's a nice sunny day. The colors are warm and, and inviting. And it's like, it's just a a journey that I want to, I want to go on with them is basically how I, how I think about it. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's just a cool little, little illustration and, it's not trying to do too much and it's just like it just invites you inside to a really cool space you know they're walking on a pathway and and i don't know exactly where that path is going and depending on your own 
experience and your own musical sensibilities. Like you're you're led on this path of discovery that may just be experienced in a slightly different different way for different people, but it's it's one you know this journey through these different genres and through an introduction to different artists, um, you know, through these two musicians that I just, you know, adore. Um, it's just a, it's just a fun walk um, down this path with these guys. It's so beautifully well put. It's just, it's just a journey through, through music in a, in a, in a really pleasant way. Zach Stauffer, it has been such a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so very much for coming on the program, and uh, hope we can do this again sometime. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to think up another one, but uh, but I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, to talk about it, and it's been it's been good catching up with you too. Thanks so much, Zach. Thank you. My thanks goes out to Zachary Stauffer for taking some time to stop by the program today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you so much, and please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you love to listen to your favorite podcasts, whether it's Stitcher, Apple, Google Play, or TuneIn. Take a moment to tell a friend or family about our show. Let us know how much you like the show by giving us a good rating. It'll certainly help us appear higher in search results. And feel free to drop us a line at hello at covertocoverconversations.com. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia, and we hope you discovered some new music, perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.